Old man winter is here. Are your outdated windows ready? Renewal by Anderson, the winter window installation experts use Fibrex windows, which are two times stronger than vinyl and are watertight to keep winter's draft outside. Most installs can be completed within a day. Take advantage of our limited time offer and buy one replacement window or patio door, get one 40% off. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 12 months. Schedule your complimentary design consultation online at RenewalWindowsAlaska.com. Restrictions apply. Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Canadian Challenge Tales. We are joined by Jesse Terry all the way from Sulacut, Ontario. How are you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks. Excellent. So I know you've got a little bit of a race history. Uh, certainly we're part of the Canadian Challenge in 2020 in the 12 Dog 300 Mile. And also uh, this past year in 22, we're the 10 Dog winner in uh, in the 200 Mile event. And, you know, really looking forward to talking more about those races. But I want to start with where you began with mushing. Is there a you know, a story behind how you got started or how you got into mushing dogs you can share with us? Yeah, yeah, there is for sure, Dan. Um, as a family got into dogs when I was 11 years old and um, my dad and my mom, I think, were, it was something they were thinking about. And uh, the way that I remember the story at the time was we were sitting having supper and my dad asked if we as the kids, me, my brother, and my sister wanted to get a snowmobile or a dog team. And at the time, I think we all said, oh, let's get a snowmobile. And um, I think before I knew it, we uh, we were just starting to get dogs. And uh, it was dog sledding, dog sledding from there. Um, we, we grew the kennel uh, very slowly at the beginning and just running dogs recreationally. Um, there were some short races that I went in when I was a teenager, some local races. Um, but certainly that's kind of the, how we got into it was a family of family thing when, when I was 11 and, um, after moving back home, uh, after finishing college, after some years of being away from home, I decided to expand the kennel and, uh, use the, the kennel and the sled dogs for running sled dog tours and programs primarily with, with First Nations youth. And then more recently, uh, I've been uh, using the dogs and uh, for the distance racing uh, and traveling to places like the Canadian Challenge and have really been enjoying that and, and hope to be continuing more of that as in the future. Um, so that's kind of how, how it began and where we're at today. So you got started with your parents and, and your siblings and now... You have a family of your own, you know, with your own kids and, and obviously your wife, Mary. So what is it like for you? What is it? Um, how important is it that you have carried on this tradition, uh, you know, with your heritage and, and the culture to carry this on as a family endeavor uh, on your own now? Yeah, well, it's 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 really important for sure. It's something that I I consider as part of who I am as, as an Anishinaabe person to be participating in, in things like dog sledding and all, all the things I do in my life uh, revolve around doing things outside and, and on the land. And, and that's the name of our kennel and 
uh, is on the land sled dogs and uh, that's so it's it's definitely something that's really important and including our children in that is is just a natural part of of who I am and it, it's 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 the way that my parents raised us to uh, uh, being out outdoors a lot and, and going on really extended and, and remote uh, canoe trips as, as young children and infants um, starting as infants and so doing that with my children and sharing the things and the passions that I do in the outdoors is 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 kind of just the way it is and uh, it's certainly something that's important to me but also it's it's something that's just uh, very natural and comes as part of who I am well it's important to pass down that generational knowledge so that it's not lost because a lot of these things are not written down right i'm sure you have enough information knowledge and experience in your years of mushing that you could probably write a whole book but not everybody has the time or inclination to do that so i find it really important that people are passing this along whether it's to your own family or to others that are that are getting started have you had much opportunity to do that yeah to share yeah share the passion of dog sledding is is kind of how when i moved back home and we were you uh, got into doing sled dog programs and um, a lot of the the time during those winters was spent traveling to different communities uh, around sioux lookout and north of sioux lookout and doing uh, dog sledding programs with the schools in the in the First Nations and and uh, very very special work and seeing the seeing the absolute joy that the sled dogs bring when you when you show up at a school with a truckload of dogs and you offer uh, rides to every kid in the school over a two day period it's it's really something it's really something special to see um, what what can come out of sharing the that that passion and, and the, that the sled dogs have for what they do with other people. And, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that uh, is part of what happens. Yeah. It's fantastic to see dogs when, you know, you're in a dog yard and, and they know that they're going to get hooked up for a run, the, the mm. excitement and the energy I find to be incredibly contagious mm-hmm. and that you can share that with, kids in school as they're growing up so that they can experience that as well, I, I think is tremendous. Yeah. Um, so when you started your own kennel, uh, was there a first race after that, that, that comes to mind or, or a story from a, an initial race that you can share with us? Yeah, for sure. It was, um, I guess it was probably 2012. And I think that's, that's the, when I went to run the Hudson Bay quest for the first time. And the only reason why I ended up going and doing it was because of a friend and a musher friend from Vermilion Bay, who's not too far from here, who runs a, a sled dog operation. And he asked me if I wanted to, to go and, and run the, uh, the Hudson Bay Quest, and he was running it that year. And at the time, it was something that was, was not on my radar. I was, I was doing these tours, and I was hoping... Uh, I uh, had no plans to to get into distance racing at that time. And, and because of him asking me if it was something that I wanted to do and join him to do, um, I, I wouldn't be here tonight talking to you. And so so that was the first race, the Hudson Bay Quest. And that um, that's a race that goes between Gillum and Churchill, Manitoba. And um, that was my first distance race and uh, was certainly a a, a really 
really good learning experience where I was very, very inexperienced to be trying to race like that in terms of racing the dogs. And although I have, ex have had extensive winter camping and travel out outdoor experience, uh, jumping into a race that was 200 miles um, where you are carrying your, your gear the whole way from start to finish. And um, it was a big, it was a big step. And I was uh, just happy to, to finish that race in, in uh, Red Lantern position. And uh, yeah, so I kind of uh, started, started there with the distance racing and uh, definitely had to feel, feel kind of hooked and want to be doing it more. Well, you certainly picked a very challenging race. You know, as you said, you've got to carry your supplies for the entire duration. Uh, I believe there's a checkpoint in the middle for drop dogs and emergency, yeah. but not really meant for resupply. Uh, and it's very remote, you know, uh, Churchill being on the Hudson Bay itself and, and then uh -huh. down to Gillum. Uh, I think you have to get to Churchill by train, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so you get you finish... Um... You finish the race by getting out by on the train, yeah. Excellent. So is there a dog that, that you think back on that race that you know that comes to mind as one that stood out or, or exceeded your expectations? Well, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, the, I was very inexperienced at distance racing, and the dogs I had um, came from unknown bloodlines, and I was kind of breeding at the time kind of what I had, what was in the my yard and what was in another musher's yard uh and without any specific knowing of background or breeding for racing or any of the things that i i think about now when i'm thinking about about breeding a litter um so the dogs were very uh, i was just like i said happy to finish the race with what i had and with the experience i had in distance racing but the one dog that comes to mind was a little lead dog i had named lena and she was a little white really thin-coated uh, uh, lead dog who was, who was very good at her job and she was very shy and um, we had gotten her when she was four and she ended up finishing the race in the sled and had gotten some swollen wrists and at the time due to my inexperience I didn't have any any liniments or any 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 wraps or even if I had I didn't I had no experience using them um and so she ended up with with a sore wrist and ended up finishing the race in in the sled um for a good few good few 50 miles or more probably um but i was able to finish the race and, and not not to attribute uh, uh to uh, to mention to her but also because of a, a fellow musher who was who was able to kind of like basically lead me in for a good bit portion of the the last uh, way of the race a uh, fellow named ed obrick from uh, from quebec had the sled and uh definitely owe my finishing that race to him him kind of waiting around for me making sure i was all good with this lead dog and uh kind of leading me in towards the end and as soon as we got close to the end he said all right i'm out of here and he took off and i was able to uh to finish the race Definitely a, a, a memorable experience for sure. Just one of many examples within the racing, uh, not racing, but mushing community where, you know, everyone's there to help, you know, leave no one behind, mm -hmm. willing to yeah. sacrifice your race or your time uh, to help someone. Uh, so it's always wonderful to see those. 
and and that you can now pass that along to others as you gain an experience and and a race knowledge, dog knowledge, of course. So I want to jump ahead a little to the challenge in 2020. So you did the 12 dog race, 300 mile, and mm-hmm. finished in second place, right behind uh, I did run musher Aaron Peck. So quite an accomplishment for that. Can you tell us a little about that race? Yeah, that was a that was another race that felt like a real real big step and 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 what we're what we're trying to achieve in in terms of growing and expanding and our our kennel and and um, it was um, yeah it was it was a really great race it was it was one that I I had it had been a good few years since my last race at the Hudson Bay Quest and. Uh, I, I had definitely been prepping and training, training hard to, 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 to have a good, good performance, and was definitely happy with it, uh, with how we how things turned out, and um, yeah, every race you you, le- you learn so much, and you learn so much with the dogs. It's it's such, they're they're such amazing experiences to be to be part of, and. Uh, yeah, that was certainly one of them too. Right, and then we jump ahead a little to you know this past season. Uh, I know you participated in the Bear Grease down in Minnesota. Uh, from all accounts, an incredibly difficult race with lots of challenges for everyone. Um, you know, unfortunately, you, you scratched on that one, mm-hmm. uh, and then you turned yourself around and came to the challenge in February and uh absolutely dominated the race this past year so how did you you know mentally deal with you know your experience at the bear grease and and turn it into something positive coming into saskatchewan in in february yeah that's a that's a good question um yeah the, the scratching at the bear grease was was my first time scratching in a race and it was something that that yeah is is bound to happen to any any mushroom as they as they continue racing, I'm sure. Um, and I definitely wanted to have a, have a good run at the, at the challenge. And I knew I was at the, in a position where the dog team I had was, was, was a really good dog. was, was a really good dog team. And I just put the plan in place to, to try and stay and lead the whole race. And, um and was really happy to 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 be able to to do that the whole time um so turning around from the bear grease and 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 having that scratch my first scratch um in my racing career here and then to to win the challenge was uh was certainly something that i uh, felt felt really good about um one of the one of the things that was really special about the challenge this year for me was the fact that uh, my family was able to to join us. A lot of my family was able to join. So so obviously my wife Mary was running in the in the ten dog race, and um, we've been trying to uh, wanting to get the kids to come to a, a race with us. And so it was the first time our two children, Tivai and Miali, were able to come to a race. And um, to have them meet me at the finish line was uh, was definitely, as I as I tell my kids, the, the highlight of my life to to be able to 
to, to run a race and, and do some and participating in an event that I, I put so much effort and energy into and to, to share that experience with them and have them there at the finish line was, uh, was, was absolutely amazing and, and something that, as I said, is a highlight of my life. And so, so yeah, it felt really great. And, uh, and after that, we, uh, we packed up and uh, took the advice of some other fellow musher friends who were at the Canadian Challenge, Cat uh, and Remy, and we went down to uh, the Can-Am uh, in March after that and, and had, a, had a good finish there, kind of seventh, seventh place, and uh, kind of in the middle of the pack for that, for that race, and was, was really happy to, that we, we took the effort to travel down to Maine after after finishing the Canadian Challenge last year as well, and so uh, so definitely had a had a big year. It was the first year I'd ever raced more than one one race in a season, uh, and to to be able to, to travel and do three was 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 definitely was 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 a highlight, and uh, and to win the challenge was 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 the, was the big highlight for sure. When it takes a lot of organization and uh, logistical thought to make sure that you have everything you need because obviously it's a long drive to each of the races you went to right i mean bear grease was i think it's what about a 10-hour drive for you yeah yeah so once once you leave home that that's it right you can't just go back and grab something you forgot so it would take a lot of organizing to to stay on top of that um which is great that you are able to do that and, and able to be successful in three races in the same year, which is a, a tremendous thing given the distance you traveled. Uh, I want to go back to the challenge a little because there was one, I was just looking at the times on the result sheet right before we got started today. And mm-hmm. there's one section of trail that stood out to me that I want to ask about. And maybe this is asking for a secret, but between the 969 checkpoint and LaRange, which is 54 miles, mm-hmm. somehow you managed to do that 32 minutes faster than the next team and 55 minutes faster than the team behind that. So mm-hmm. can you share the secret? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It was, uh, I remember that run being a really uh, good run. It was, it was really cold that, that night, as, as other people have talked about already. Um, but I think the big thing was the fact that, that, um, Kat rolled in into the first checkpoint, not, not too far behind me. She was chasing me that lap, that first leg. And, and, um, I did have a dog in that, in the, in the sled, that first, that first leg who, he went in there at kilometer 24 and so rode the rest of the way after, uh, and then the sled. And so I remember after leaving 969, uh, having nine dogs on the line after dropping him, uh, but, but having no dog in the sled and, and thinking like, okay, if I'm going to do what I want to do here at this race, uh, I, need to, I need to make sure I don't get past here. And, uh, and that's, that's what we did. Yeah, such a tremendous run. I think you really pulled away at that point and really forced the rest of the field to make a decision on whether or not they were going to try and keep up with you or try and maintain their position ahead of others. And it right. really kind of held that lead through the rest of the race. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I want to touch on, you know, coming out of the Mississippi checkpoint, you know, your last 50 miles to LaRange, you had about an hour lead uh, coming out of there. And as you're coming through town, you're able to pass Mary on the way. <laughs> what was that like to see Mary to, I think you gave her a high five on the way by, you know, what was that like for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was uh yeah, that was a that was a that was a, a special moment. I think I think I, as as we talked about with Mary, I was I was wishing that that I was able to see her at the checkpoint, obviously. And um, as been said, I was in I was in go mode, and I and I was I was set to leave on my time when I when I when I needed to leave after my my mandatory rest, and uh, and that's when I left. I, th- I think I might have been a few minutes late, but anyway. Um, but seeing Mary, well, yeah, it was great. I wanted I, we we were waiting for her, and and it was just great to see that she had made it to that checkpoint, and and um, uh, to see that she had, yeah. Obviously, I wish I would have been able to stop, but uh, but I was in go mode, so I kept I, we just kept rolling, and uh, yeah, it was really great to see her for sure. Yeah, so then that last 50-mile leg into the finish line in the Range, uh, you know, a, a 25-ish miles through the portages and the lakes, and then you come out into Lac La Range with another 20 mm-hmm. or 25 miles to go. Is there a point in that leg that you felt that you had the race, or were you constantly looking over your shoulder for somebody behind you? Well, I knew I had the lead that I had leaving Mississippi, and so it's, it wasn't... It wasn't a it wasn't a huge lead, but it wasn't a small lead either. So it was, but obviously, I'm still looking behind my shoulder, and I think that's just part of the psychology of it. Um, I've never been in the position of being in the lead, so I think, um, so I was definitely looking back, and and um, but that run was, uh, yeah, I remember getting quite tired on on that run, and certainly the portages were were nice because yeah yeah definitely easier to stay alert when you're on the portages, um, but uh, yeah I think I I I, I think on, in the lakes and I was I think I felt pretty good and, and but you never really know that's <laughs> what I felt like until I was cruising after the last little portage on on Lac La Ronge where you go over the little point and there's like ten miles or whatever to town. Um, and, and there's some there's some big long open views where where if there was somebody behind you, you'd most likely see them at some point, even if they had their headlamp off or sometime or like. And so I think that was the time after that last little portage into, uh, like I said, ten miles in, um, where I I kind of thought for sure I'm gonna I'm gonna win this. Yeah, well, it was uh, certainly understandable that you would have been tired at that point. I think you left Mississippi around one o'clock in the morning, finished around seven a.m. on uh, day three, technically on the race. So right. certainly a lot of fatigue there, um, and a lot of happiness, as you mentioned, getting into Larange and having mm-hmm. your whole family there. You know, Mary obviously, and and your kids, and I believe. Um, uh, your dad or Mary's dad was there as well, helping. Yeah. So, so yeah, there was um, my two kids were were at the finish line to meet me, and uh, Sandra, my mother in law, was there, 
and my sister Kanina and her son Delore, my nephew, were there. Um, and my dad was handling, and he was still up in Mississippi with Mary because um, we just had the one rig, and um, and having the rig with that team was was the priority for for that, and and um, yeah, and so that's how the that's kind of it was really great to travel up there with 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 all the family and to share that experience with everyone was was really special. Excellent. So that brings us to our social media question which comes from Zara and they're asking what about your upbringing prepared you to be a musher? Yeah, I think I've 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 mentioned that a little bit previous but I think some of the main things is is the upbringing where I have to say uh have huge gratitude to my parents for for raising raising us where we spent lots of time out camping and uh, taking us out out doing things in the winter time and and forgetting the dogs when I was eleven um, and allowing um, well, yeah just experiences that I wanted to do and and, and my parents allowing me to to do them um, all the different things that I uh, that I that I might have done as I've as I've been growing up, um, outdoor wise and winter camping, um, and so I think that's that's the main thing is is having the has having the just the experience and, and confidence to be out outdoors and, and winter camping and to take care of yourself and once you're uh, able to once that's that's there you're able to to spend the energy other elsewhere and in the case of mushing it's it's spending the energy on the dogs and spending the energy on managing them and and, and keeping them healthy and moving your team down the trail the way you want to and so so i definitely attribute the, my upbringing uh, and spending time on the land uh, as, as a key factor to that so do you have any advice for anyone who wants to get started into that outdoor lifestyle, not necessarily with dogs, but just camping outdoors or spending a lot of time outdoors. Do you have any advice for them that might be getting started in it? I think, I think as with as with as any new thing, the the first the, the hardest part is the first step, and, and just to just to make just to make that first step, and and whether you whether you need to do some training or whether you need to uh, go ask a friend or hire someone to take to, to to do skills training whatever that first step is for you uh, just to just to make that first step for sure excellent so obviously we're well into training for this upcoming uh, race mm-hmm. season are you able to share any of your race plans for uh, the 22 23 race season with us yeah yeah I think I am um, so we're, we're as as Mary talked about, we're going to be doing the the Bear Grease Marathon again, and I'm 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 quite excited to be going back and trying. I uh, want to have a, a, a healthy finish this year is the goal. Um, I also want to try and run a competitive race at the same time. Uh, I'm believing I have a dog team that can that can do that. Um, so that's as well as Mary. I think since she has talked to you, has signed up. Uh, we decided, uh, she decided, and we decided that uh, we're going to be running her the puppy team, the yearling t- team in the Bear Grease One Twenty. So she's going to be bringing an eight dog team uh, to that race as well. So we're going to have two teams in the Bear Grease Marathon and uh, Duluth 
and that's uh, uh, January. Uh, and then in February, I think um, we're pretty happy to pretty happy to tell you, Dan, that we're both going to be coming and running the challenge again. And um, that's that's kind of a decision. I think that uh, uh, I know Mary really wants to co- wants to wants to come back and run the challenge, and and as we're as her and I are are doing running our our kennel together and, and sharing our our goals and, and passions together. Uh, my main goal this winter is is, is uh, going back to do the bear grease, and I've been that's that's been that's been and that's that's been what I've been concentrating on, and and. Uh, I think it's uh, it's really nice. It's really special that we're going to be going back and to come and run the challenge again. And uh, I think at this point, we are not sure we're going to be bringing two teams to the challenge. I, we're not going to say who is running which team. I think we're going to wait and decide after after uh, the bear grease and um, decide on who's running the yearling team and who's running the adult team. In the, uh, the Canadian challenges here. So uh, after that, I'm not sure. I'm really hoping the Hudson Bay Quest uh, is going to run. Again, that's the race from uh, that goes between Gillum and Churchill. Uh, there's been no no announcement yet as if that race is going to happen. Um, I'm really hoping to hear some good news from them uh, regarding that, and I'm really hoping they're going to make that race happen because I sure would be stoked to go back and run the Hudson Bay Quest again. Uh, be, uh, so that's the plan. Uh, I don't think making it to Maine is in the cards again this year. That's that's a long drive, and it's not. It's it's really yeah. It's a long drive. It's a lot to pull off. Last time we had a day and a half at home after getting back from the Canadian Challenge before driving and to Maine, and so a day and a half to unpack and repack again for another two hundred plus mile race was was a lot. Uh, and a lot of time away from home. So um, so those are the plans so far. And uh, yeah. Well, it's very exciting. Obviously, we're happy to have you back at the challenge. And, and certainly we're looking forward to following along with your uh, race at the Bear Grease. I'm confident that, uh, you know, another year experience uh, will, will make it a, a lot better for you. Is there anything that you're changing in terms of training that you're okay to share that that's trying to make that a little bit better for you this year? Yeah, there's a few things, I guess. I, um, I think sharing the sharing the training knowledge is is is, is something that us mushers need to do uh, with each other. Uh, it's something that's so important, and I certainly have learned lots by communicating and asking questions to to different mushers. Um, I think some of the things I'm thinking about going into the bear grease this year, and I and I, you hear it lots, and I I heard it lots before going into the bear grease, and I thought I was. I was doing it lots, and that is uh, make sure you're breaking lots in the hills because there's so many hills. It's it's such a hilly race. It's just up and down for the whole time, pretty much. It feels like, um, but make sure you're you're breaking lots in the hills, and and I just want to make sure this year that I'm I'm even breaking harder going down hills. And I thought I was last year, but maybe I wasn't enough. But it's not going to hurt to break more on those hills and go a little just a little bit slower going down those hills. Um, another thing is is that I'm um we we train the dogs by pulling the atv around in gear um 
they usually start that in the fall in a really low gear and so they're pulling it really slow uh really slowly and they're they're building muscle and they're building their their stamina again uh, while avoiding injury uh, by going by going faster speeds is the idea and so uh, so again, I, I always start them by going really slow in a lower gear. And uh, one of the things I'm doing this year is I've, I've kind of moved it to a higher gear at a sooner, sooner time um, in the season. And so we're kind of, we're, they're kind of trotting at a slightly higher speed um, sooner in the year than I would have in previous years. Um, and again, that's kind of the idea is that I know they know how to pull and I know that they can pull a, pull a machine around. Um, and let's get them moving and let's get them, let's get their bodies adjusted to moving more at a, at a racing speed, um, not at racing speed, but closer to a racing speed, um, sooner in the season than I have in the past. And so that's another thing that I'm, I'm doing differently this year. Well, that's really great that you're able to share some of that. I know it's a challenge sometimes with people cause you're, you know, they live so far apart you can't just, uh, you know, pop over to the neighbor's place and, and experience some of this together. So uh, I know it's a lot of the races you're able to go to and you can talk to other mushers and, and chat with them about what's going on. And one of the things I love about the distance racing community is that everyone seems willing to help and share and, and, and discuss this and, and still be competitive, but not in a negative way. Right, right. So are there any yeah. big uh, career goals that you have? Is there is there a race that you really want to do? Or is there something you want to experience before uh, before too long? Well, we're going to continue uh, racing, I think, the, the mid-distance races that are kind of in, in Canada and the lower 48 um, and within the next few years. And I do I really do want to go and run the, the UP200. That's another one that's, that's high on the list that I want to. I want to do um, so that'll that'll probably be next season and, and the team will be that much better at this point because most of my team now are, are quite are, are are quite young and so the core of the team now is three uh, moving forward this year so there so, um, so lots of young dogs that are I think have a really really good future of, uh, of doing what, what we want to be doing and they're certainly happy to be doing it with us Excellent. Well, I know the the previous episode of our podcast, uh, we had Laura Nice on, and obviously that UP two hundred is her local race. And uh, from what she said, you know, prepare yourself for lots of snow if that helps. Yeah, you. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, last winter we had good training for that. It was uh, we had a really high snow winter last year, and there were certainly lots of great training runs where the dogs were busting through lots of snow. And I know I yeah, so yeah, I know I can. It's, it's yeah, you got to practice it in it all, and it's it's always good in my it's always good to take advantage of the nasty weather. I feel like for training, you know, that's that's and it doesn't it doesn't feel like sometimes the best time to be going out, but it is the best time to be going out to to get the experience out there with your dogs. Well, and the dogs need to know that they can make it through these challenges, so that when you're yeah. during training, so that when you're at a that's race, right. it's, yeah. They've seen this. They've done this. We, we've been through that's this right. before, and and we can do it. And yeah. and that certainly seems to be the methodology from the majority of the mushing community. Uh, yeah, anybody that sure. wants to follow along uh, with how you're doing this season is is there a place where they can 
uh, follow along with you and, and Mary in the kennel? Yeah, there. Yeah, I think most of the most of the stuff that we're posting is on is on personal pages, and there's an Instagram and there's a Facebook page. Um, I think we're going to be our goal is to be having things more officially set up on on that side of things in the near future. So um, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully have those up and running soon. Excellent. Well, we'll certainly put those in the show notes below so anybody can follow those and, and follow you along on the various platforms. I just have, well, I actually have two more questions for you, but I'll start with an easy one. Um, so I know uh, you met Mary because, you know, when she joined us on the podcast a few episodes ago, you met through mm-hmm. her first dog sled experience and then you guys sort of started together. Uh, I'm just curious how it was with her uh, after you got married and, and she really joined the kennel and started helping and started running. And, and what was that like for you? Oh, that was, uh, that was, that was really, really great. It was, uh, it was a time where I was able to, to share, uh, share the, the things that, that I'm really passionate about with somebody I love. Um, and it was something that she, she loved just as much or, or, or even more than, than I do, yeah, I feel like. Um, and so it was, it was absolutely awesome for sure, Dan. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I know it takes uh, more than just a musher to have a, a dog kennel and, and be racing. So I want to give you a chance. If there's anybody you'd like to thank or give a shout out to, uh, please, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I want to just, yeah, thanks my wife. Mary for sharing this 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 life with me and uh, wanting to wanting to run these run these amazing animals and uh, my parents for for like I was saying earlier raising raising us the way that that he did and uh, all my family for for all the support and um, yeah just thank you Jan and the Canadian challenge for what you're doing it's uh it's uh, it's really great to have have this race that's in Canada, that's uh, a qualifier to, to run the Iditarod and Yukon Quest that happens in Saskatchewan is, is a really great thing. And so I'm really glad it's it's continuing and that you're on board helping to make that happen and all the people that make the make the Canadian Challenge happen. So Yes, it's certainly a, a small army on our end of things. You know, we're always obviously looking for more volunteers. If anyone's interested, they can get in touch with us through the website uh, yeah. for the Canadian Challenge which will be linked below as well. But we're also trying to offer mushers a variety of options. It's not just a, a 200 or 300 mile qualifier. They could run that race uh, not as a qualifier. We also have an eight dog, two day, um, 100 mile race, as well as a six dog, 50 mile race to try and give that mid distance musher a variety of options on what would work best for them. And it's been really fun for me anyway to see prominent mushers now that have been through the challenge in the past and gone on to other races or bigger races or even those that continue to come back year after year to continue to support this race. It really means a lot for myself as well as the entire group with the Canadian Challenge that we have mushers like yourself and Mary that have uh, supported the race and, and continue to come back and show us why the Canadian challenge is what it is and why the community we have is such a fantastic thing. So I really want to thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks. Um, 
yeah, I think it's important to uh, to to give thanks to the to the to the First Nations communities that uh, the race goes through in Treaty Six and Treaty Treaty Ten, um, and Montreal Lake and Lac La Ronge and Stanley Mission, and uh, and thanks to the the sponsors too. It's, it's really important that there's the sponsors on board to to make this race happen, uh, and all races happen. Um, so the I know Adventure Destination is the big one. Um, I'm not sure what the other big ones are, Dan, but you can give shout outs to them too. Um, so well, we certainly so have, uh, yes, Adventure Destinations based in Mississippi, which has been a big help and certainly going to be helping us at the finish. But we also have some support from um, Baldwin Feeds, uh, which has provided a significant amount of uh, dog food for us, as well as uh, some financial help in addition to a first choice out of Alberta. So you know, those are certainly helpful, but we certainly can't discount the thanks that we owe, as you mentioned, to the Indigenous community, uh, Treaty 6, and, and that because we obviously, the trail goes through that that land and this race wouldn't be possible without a trail and that trail wouldn't be possible without, um, without that support. And we're working on trying to involve the uh, communities that are up there more to try and share this love of dog mushing as you're doing in Sioux Lookout, that we can do it as part of the race. So I certainly look forward to more of that. And uh, we might have uh, a little fun for people uh, up here during the race. Um, you know, maybe a little educational piece or, right. you know, some fun stuff during the race for some additional activities as well. So we're really looking forward to that. That's good to hear. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today and giving us some of your valuable time uh, away from the dog kennel and your family and, and training and uh, obviously wish you the best of luck with your race season and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the challenge this year. Uh, any final words before we go? Yeah, just uh, thanks again for the opportunity to chat, Dan, and yeah, it was fun. Excellent. So that's our discussion with Jesse Terry from On the Land out in Sioux Lookout. Like I said, you can find his information below in the show notes. You can follow him along. You can also find us at CanadianChallenge.com or our uh, Facebook or Twitter uh, options as well. And uh, thanks again for joining us today on Canadian Challenge Tales. Goodbye. From First Paw Media, this is Canadian Challenge Tales. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your host is Dan Kirkup. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for First Paw Media. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.